Hello, welcome to the OK Preps Extra podcast. I'm Patrick Prince, joined as always by Barry Lewis. And uh, it's Tuesday, January uh, 17th, the day after Martin Luther King Day. So we're all back in the office. Uh, I say we all, Barry, you, I'm sure you worked on the holiday as you work on most holidays. So I'll just say back in the office for me and for you, you're still in the office. Um, so I thought we'd do something fun today, Barry. You, you and I talked about this a little bit last week. Uh, we're in the process of selecting the all-world candidates. Of course, we'll have our all-world banquet in the summer we'll, where we will announce some winners. But right now, you're in the process of compiling uh, this year's candidates. But let's take a second and uh, let's talk about the best football players you've, you've covered in your career. Uh, you've been a member of the media since about the mid-'80s. Uh, let's talk about some of the best football players uh, that you've seen. And uh, let's just kind of share with readers uh, some of that stuff. All right. We're going to name a top 10. Okay. Oklahoma prep players that I've seen during that time. And for uh, purposes of this discussion, we're going to limit those players to ones that I've actually covered and seen uh, during my time as a media member and not just someone I've seen on TV or seen film of are before I became a media member. So um, so if you wonder why such and such a person isn't on my list, it might be because I never actually got to cover them in a game in person, uh, which is the case with Rocky Kalmus with Jenks, uh, because there was a period of time, a small period of time uh, in starting around the mid nineties um, for almost a decade where I, um, high school was uh, not my a primary focus for me because I was on other beats. But I did do some high school coverage in that time. And one of the people on my list will be from that time because I got to cover him um, in a secondary role that I had on high schools back then. So um, you want it? Let's. And we're also not going to have anyone who participated from this past season, so as not to tip <laughs> off any, or give away anyone our all world awards. So, from the 2022 season, like an Emmanuel Crawford or uh, Eric McCarty, uh, they are not eligible for purposes of this discussion. Or anyone else? We had so many great players this year. So, um, yeah, it was it was a good year. Uh, and also, too, we're, you're not. This is not a top ten list. It's just ten players. So they're ten not, players. Yes, you're not ranking ten through one. These are just ten collective. 10 collective. And I think the list tends to be, uh, without being accused of being a homer, um, it's going to be dominated by players from the Tulsa area because those are players I think naturally I would uh, tend to pick Tulsa players for a couple of reasons. One is that the Tulsa area, especially in large classes, has totally dominated most of my time as a media member. And uh, <clears throat> two, some... There have been impressive performances that I've actually seen are important too, uh, because a lot of the hyped players and really good players from other parts of the state, um, especially in the larger classes, some of them did not fare so well in games that I covered when they were going against teams from this area. So uh, with those are the parameters, here we go. I'll dive in with a player from the West Side to start us off with. Um, 1989 State Player of the Year, Cale Gundy from Midwest City. He was just, I've got, um, 
three or four quarterbacks on the list, four quarterbacks, I guess you'd say, and two of them are guys I'd say are pure quarterbacks known for being quarterbacks. And Cale Gundy is certainly, uh, uh, he's one of the best I've seen, which is why he's on this top 10 list. He's an incredible player. And my other pure quarterback from this list, and of course, Cale Gundy, he and his brother Mike are the only players to win each brother combination before the Presleys to win the state player of the year award. So, and the other quarter pure quarterback on my list, who also started his career out on the West side before coming East to Owasso is Paul Smith, mm-hmm. who obviously went on to have a great career at the university of Tulsa and played a little bit in the NFL. Uh, the two other quarterbacks on the list, but they also play defense are uh, Sean Jackson from McLean. And, mm-hmm. um, he was he put up some incredible offensive numbers and defensive numbers. I mean, just off the charts numbers on both sides of the ball. And of course, he went on to a outstanding career at TU and was conference defensive player of the year, led them to the win, the famous win at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. And um also Malcolm Rodriguez, who had a pretty good season this year as a rookie in the NFL with sure. the Detroit Lions. But uh he was um what he did as a quarterback was incredible. Also outstanding on the defensive side of the ball as you could, that's probably no surprise after seeing him with the lions and at OSU. So he could do it all. So those are for the top 10 on the list. Um, and then another McLean player who's had a great year in the NFL. Speaking of that, uh, Josh Jacobs picked to the pro bowl this year, uh, incredible season with the Raiders and McLean, I guess you could say he was really what I'd classify as a running back, although his senior year, he was actually their quarterback, but he's really a running back playing quarterback the way their offense was designed. And he was also could play in the secondary as well. So that's half the list. Um, now, hold, hold on, Barry, before you before we get too far. So Sean, Sean Jackson's a little bit like Josh, too, in a way, isn't he? I mean, you're, you're picking him not necessarily for his – quarterback skills, but more so his all-around skills. Is that fair? Oh, well, Sean was just amazing on both sides of the ball. I mean, I think he wound up with over an incredible number of tackles, but you also look at his total yards list. I mean, it's off the charts, too. I mean, the combination of stats he put on both sides of the ball are just eye-popping. And uh, so, whereas Josh, I don't know if he necessarily had the great defensive stats. He was a really good defensive player, but his big numbers were on the offensive side of the ball. Did Sean play in the NFL any? He did not. He never really got much of a chance. He got, a, I think, a, a brief tryout camp look, but he really never got that chance, which was really disappointing. So, um, but uh, he was, uh, he had a great career at TU. Now, is he still, isn't he still in the Tulsa area doing he something? He still is in the Tulsa area, yes. Is he? police officer maybe i think well he's he's been working with kids at least the last i heard he's been working with kids and i also think he was one to get into officiating oh well they need they need officials right every yes (laughs) the officials association needs officials and uh, i I think he would be a great one yeah 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 no doubt about it all right continue with the list all right well one that should be a no-brainer is um because he's the only two-time 
state player of the year, at least in the last 30 years, is Bixby's and now TU's Braylon Presley. And it was hard to pick Braylon over Brennan, his brother. Uh, but I'm going to go with Braylon since he is a two-time award winner, state player of the year. It, uh, he's got he's got to be an automatic. So, um, in terms in terms of just skill, Barry, how, where, how, why do you give Braylon the edge? Just because I'm giving I'm giving Braylon the edge over Brennan because Braylon is a two-time state player of the year. I can't, I've got to put this two-time winner on. Okay. But yeah, otherwise they're even. I mean, and Brennan did, uh, was a really good player on the defensive side of the ball. So you could make an argument that Brennan should be on this list over Braylon, but it's like, I really got to have the the two-time winner, <laughs> two-time state player of the year on the list. So uh, Brennan's going to be on my honorable mention list just barely missed the cut list uh that we'll go over when i'm through with the top 10 but um as far as moving on also from bixby chris harris former mm -hmm. nfl pro bowler um he was an incredible player both sides of the ball for bixby uh really was part of the era that got that really laid the foundation for the success that Bixby's had over the past decade, because before Chris Harris got there uh, for coach Pat McGrew, that um, they would, they were always a decent team, but they could never really get past the quarterfinals. And um, he uh, helped lay the foundation for our, he was a part of the start of the era where they got the three state title games in five years. Um, so that just leaves a few spots left. Uh, the next one, Former NFL first-round draft choice, Felix Jones, Booker T. Washington running back. Such mm -hmm. a dynamic player, state player of the year in 2004. Um, and then wind, wind up playing for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, just, you just, I guess with most of these offensive players, one thing they have in common, every time they touch the ball, you think they have, they're a threat to score, at least of the running backs on the list. Uh, so, Felix, uh, just an amazing talent and had a great career. And um, then that uh, leads us to Dylan Stoner from Jenks, wide receiver, defensive back. I remember uh, Coach, Coach Alan Trimble said that he compared what Dylan's impact on both sides of the ball to Rocky Kalmus. Enough said. <laughs> so, um, so uh, Dylan Stoner is on the list in the last selection on the list. Got to pick a lineman. And the most dominant offensive lineman that I've seen during his high school career was Andrew Rame from Broken Arrow. Okay, I was, was going to I was going to try to stop you, Barry, and see if I could. Get oh, it. sorry about that. No, no, that's I could have jumped in. I just, I just was going to just let you say it, but I wondered who that's if you were going to say Andrew Rame. Okay, um, yeah, of course, a really nice college career too. It's, oh, for sure. Yeah. Now, okay, let's talk about that for a second. If so, if if not him, who was who would have been the other lineman? Let's say you know we only have you mentioned the one lineman, but if if there'd have been another, who would it have been? Oh, um, well, I was tempted to put. Uh, because there's, I've only had one lineman ever as a player of the year, and it was Jake Alexander for James. Oh, of course, in 2009. Yep. yep. So who who learned from? And there's a common denominator here because uh, 
Jake's dad, David, was also Andrew's head coach at Broken Arrow. So got it. So it's a David Alexander connection. Okay, so we we've talked often, Barry, about your your freakish memory, and it's it it really is uncanny the memory you have. I mean, it's it's pretty crazy. Uh, when you started, when we talked about this last week, you were going to kind of spend the week thinking about it. Was this a hard list to come up with, or did the names start to kind of jump out pretty quick? All the names, I mean, it's like it was trying to limit the number of names because there's so many names that jumped out so quickly. Um, so it was hard to cut it down. And I want to also say like six honorable mentions who were really, I mean, I could say there's like 80 honorable mentions, but I'm going to go with just these six who were just like really so close uh, when I made um, the final list. Nakia Jones from Wagner, yep. not playing college football, but wow, he was just big play after big play and um, in the Malcolm Rodriguez era. And then Kevin Peterson, also from Wagner, uh, player of the year in 2011, and also played in the NFL. Then, of course, said Brennan Presley. Then two guys from Union, Dom Franks, who played in the NFL and for OU, and Jeremy Smith, running back. Uh, he's such a big dick game running back. And um, Edison Savion Morrison. Yep. And also considered Wes Caswell uh, from Edison from the 90s. So, again, could go on and on and on. But those were the guys that uh, just barely missed the cut. And, um, you know, as far as uh, we limited for this discussion state players. But um, one of the greatest players I've seen playing a high school game in the state uh, was from the state of Arkansas. I remember his name was Mackenzie Phillips. His dad was the uh, Outland Trophy winner for the University of Arkansas. And um, I remember seeing him play at Metro Christian. This was in the mid 80s. And the reason his name has been in the news lately um, was when the incident uh, with Hamlin occurred with the Buffalo Bills going into cardiac arrest on the field. Well, what was really weird, Mackenzie Phillips was really hyped player, and he lived up to that hype that night. I saw him at Metro Christian, and um, I believe Mackenzie was playing for Springdale, and um, a few weeks after that, he nearly died on the field. He went into cardiac arrest on the field, So, um, uh, but he made an amazing recovery, and uh, he wound up playing for the University of Arkansas, having a really solid career there, and um, so his, his name had come back into my memory, and I've also seen online there's been like some in the Arkansas area, there's been some where are they now uh, features about him tying, remembering when he almost died on the field and comparing him uh, to the Hamlin situation. But uh, as far as like an out-of-state player, seeing him play here, uh, he was pretty incredible. Yeah, but, uh, well, great, great list of names. Uh, nobody from the 80s on your list. Kale Gundy. I oh, was he, I thought he was early 90s. Is he, He's is 1989. That's right. You you said that. You said 1989. I'm to throw in Mackenzie Phillips since he was from 86, but uh, uh, just uh, uh, Kale, so Kale Gundy would be the one who goes furthest back in 1989, but I could have thrown in Dan Bitson. Um, oh, of course. I, he would, I guess, if I would extend this list to the top 20, I would have put Dan Bitson, who has been an 85 
would have been his senior season at Booker T. I would have put him on the list. And uh, uh, so I guess had to cut it off somewhere. Uh, Glenn Bell from Muskogee, he was another 80s player. I considered him. So it could go on and on. <laughs> yeah, you got to you got to cut it off at some point, right? Like this, you know, well, so is it is it fun for you to do stuff like this or or is it just is it hard because you you fret about the people that don't make the list? Both. Yeah, it is fun, but I also fret. I mean, I think it's really good whether no matter what the sport um, or whether it's pro, college, high schools, I, I really like doing lists like this. But uh, I also do fret about who I do not include the list because there's so many great players that I've seen uh, through the years. And uh, and again, some of the people who are not on my list, um, I did not actually get to see they're not on the list only because I didn't get to see them play or as a member of the media. So yeah, for, throw a couple of those out there. David Collins. I did not get to see him play in person on football. I saw him in basketball, <laughs> but, uh, and for those who didn't see it there, there was a really cool hard knocks on HBO last week. Uh, cause they've been doing the Arizona Cardinals and he was one of the primary people on there. So a lot of his hominy and TU background were talked about on there. So that was really neat. So uh, that's those are the top 10 and honorable best of the rest. Well, that's a good list. And that, that was kind of a fun exercise, Barry. Thanks for, as if you don't have enough things on your plate already, thanks for indulging us with, with one more little project for your week. Um, well, let's talk about, uh, this year's all-world for a second. We mentioned it last week. Uh, the all-world process is ongoing. What what would you like to share about that? Yes. Uh, the all-world teams and all-state football will be released uh, starting February 11th. That's when the all-world football is going to be announced and followed by all-state football the next day on the 12th, uh, Super Bowl Sunday. And uh, then we'll have the rest of the all-world fall sports teams um, in the next, in the few days, the three days following that. And also remember to uh, send in your nominations for players of the week to me uh, for the winter sports, basketball, wrestling, and swimming. So we welcome those. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, the, the, the Bill Knight Athletes of the Week for winter, we've been doing those a couple of weeks. Uh, so yeah, send in your nominations. And, and Barry, I think when I read this last week, I, I shouted at you across the, the office what Tyler Rich from Owasso, the wrestler of the week last last week, what he did. Um, I just I just was so impressed and what, what a week for him. And anyway, this, these, these player of the weeks are, you know, sometimes you read these performances that are just, you know, really incredible. And reading what Tyler did last week was, was pretty impressive. Yeah, he's, uh, he was pinning everybody in 15 seconds, it seemed like. And uh, uh, he had a really good football season, too. Uh, I'd say there's a pretty good chance you might see him on the all-world football list. Oh, all right. All right, Barry, well, we could probably end it there unless there's something else on your mind. Well, just a lot of big basketball tournaments coming up this week. Uh, this is the last tournament week for the regular season. And it's hard to believe, but uh, ranking 
it's getting close to when the rankings are closed off as far as determining playoff seedings um, in basketball. So uh, this is a big week for a lot of teams. And you've said previously you think that's too early to cut the rankings off, right? Way no, I- too early. I mean, they're still the OSSA in this regards. And again, as we talked about last week, I think the OSSA has a thankless job. And I, while I don't agree with everything they do, uh, I think they also deserve a lot of credit. But uh, I think they're just stuck in the 80s. Some people say they're stuck in the 80s as far as the shot clock is concerned. But as far as doing how they do the playoffs, I think they're stuck in the 80s. So playoff rankings are cut off way too early. Yeah, we're, man, we're we're in mid-January. It just seems awful. I mean, for the smaller classes, uh, it's about, it's about cutoff time. And then the last rankings that are used for the larger classes are the ones that come out on February 6th, way too early. I mean, there's a lot of big games played after that that have no bearing, as it turns out, on playoff seedings. That just doesn't seem right. Yeah, for sure. All right, Barry, appreciate the knowledge as always. Uh, Appreciate everybody checking us out. You can listen to us uh, for free on Apple, Google, or Spotify. Barry and I come at you once a week, usually Monday or Tuesday. Uh, Usually we have to push it, or sometimes we have to push it to Tuesday because of me. Uh, Barry's far better at scheduling than I am. So, But Monday or Tuesday. Barry, thanks a lot. We'll talk next week. All right, see you next week.